going guys my name is will holdren i am the host of the willpower podcast and today is actually a very special episode because it is the first episode that i've actually recorded since i've been at college for about a month now so that's why there's been a little pause here so i'm really excited for this first episode since i've been in college and i couldn't be happier with the guest that's coming on and the guest today is rocky garza and um, rocky is a people and culture development expert and he also helps people find their identity so it's a pleasure to have him on here today so rocky thank you so much for joining me today yeah, dude. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be on the show. Awesome. So to start off, I ask all my guests the same question. Uh, so what motivates you to get out of bed every day to do what you do? Yeah, you know, I think if I were to say there's a motivation to get me out of bed every day, uh, it's probably, probably honestly probably has less to do with like to do what I do professionally and more about the time, effort, and energy I know I get to spend and being a husband and being a father. Um, and, and I think and a part of that's something that I'm learning too uh, is really then what it looks like to get out of your bed, get out of bed for yourself also. You know, I think for a long time in my life, I'm 37. I've been married 11 years, have two kids. Uh, I think for a long time, I've like lived under this preconceived notion that like my drive and desire to get up was to go to work and then to love this person, to care for this person and be responsible for this and protect this. And I think all those things are true. I by no means I'm trying to say those aren't. Right. But I think I'm learning more and more to be really effective in those spaces requires for me to be able to have the mental attitude that says, but I'm also getting up for me. And I'm also getting up because there's a desire for me and there's a, and there's a, there's a drive that I know that even if nobody else pats me on the back or says, Hey, good job. I want to know that I got up and did something that was meaningful and valuable. Uh, and that ideally I like had an impact. And so uh, I think for me, it's some combination. I know, I know I, I cheated by giving four answers to the one, a one answer question, but I think if I could try to put those pieces together, you know, 25, 25, 25, 25 to make up the hundred percent reason I get up, uh, it's probably a combination of all those things together. Right. Honestly, that's such a great mindset. And um, so so early on in your life, I mean, what was your childhood like and how did you kind of get to where you are today? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I think most people, they look from the outside um, and they, there's this mentality of this idea. This is, a, this is a phrase I was actually on a call last week with a group of folks I was coaching and this thought came to my mind. And so, but I think it resonates to what your, what your question and, and I promise I'll tell you about me. Uh, was it like, I think a lot of us, we, we, have, been, we have been conditioned to believe uh, that um, the only way to be successful or to be seen as successful is to either have a story where you went from rags to riches mm. or or you went from regular to riches or you went from kind of rich to extra rich or you went from being right. Like there's always this like upward projection or trajectory. It's like in, unless you can show me that you went from here to here and then you consistently did that over time over and over and over like for this like never ending idea of like I'm 72 and I'm making more money today. You know, like I have this, there's a, and again, I'm not knocking it. I'm, I want, I want money. So like, I'm not saying that money is a bad thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think though, if I look back at my life, you know, my, my parents got divorced when I was young, uh, when I was two, uh, my uh, dad got remarried when I was seven, um, has two boys. So I have two half brothers, but I never lived with my dad growing up after my parents got divorced. Uh, my mom has been married and divorced, um, f four times. Uh, I went to 13 schools before I graduated high school, uh, kind of moved around a ton, um, moved back in and that was kind of all pre seventh grade, moved back to my grandparents in seventh grade and, uh, lived with them kind of through junior high and high school. And so, you know, on the, on the outside, like 
No, I was I was fine, dude. Like I had everything that I needed, almost everything that I wanted. I lived with my grandparents. I was an only child. I was like their only child again. Like I mean, I'm t- I was I was fine. But I think there's like this undercurrent with that to where like it's no surprise to me that now my job or career is being an identity coach and <laughs> and and speaking and helping individuals and teams and organizations really identify who are we and what language do we have to describe ourselves and. Um, what, what does that look like and how does that translate into all the arenas of our life? You know, I think a lot of times we, we, we're taught to go the other way, look at the arenas of our life and how we want to be successful. And if however we do all that, somehow that'll funnel back and tell us who we are. Uh, and, and I think I think it's the other way around. Like, I think if you don't have a clear language and identify who you are first, you can go find a way to be successful. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of successful. You define that however you want people who right. have no clue who they are right? And they're really lost and they're really tired and they're really, okay, that's, that's fair. Um, and so I think for me, looking at my life, you know, I kind of have always been on this path of trying to determine and understand who am I? What does that mean? Where is the impact I'm going to have in the, in the world where, uh, you know, I'm definitely somebody who loves, um, intensity. Uh, if you can't tell by my voice, like I, I love, I love diving in. If, if we're going to go, if we're going to get to it and talk about it, let's get to it and talk about it. If not, like, we, we should just probably, we, we don't have to hang out. Like, uh, right. and so I think there's always been this like undercurrent in my life, even though I've always been fine, had food, shelter, all my needs have been met. Um, I think there's always has been this drive uh, in my life to really discover who am I? What does that mean? What is the language I have to really talk about who I am? Um, and I think as time has gone on, really honing that in over the different careers I've had. I, I graduated college and went to a summer camp uh, out in East Texas called Sky Ranch. Uh, and I was on staff there for about four years. I came to Dallas. I was a pastor to church for about three and a half years. Uh, after that, I was a wedding photographer with my wife. And then I started this business about five and a half years ago. So I mean, like a really natural career path, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so I think it's like, I look at those things going like, okay, that doesn't really make any sense. Well, who I am and who I was in each of those spaces, how I did my job in each of those, was the same, right? right? Like how I was a summer camp director, how I was a pastor, how I was a photographer, how I do what I do now. It was the same. And so I think for me, uh, growing up, to come full circle back to your question, I think growing up, like I think I've, I think I've always been on a journey to understand who I am, to discover who I am, to be introspective and, and kind of pause and look, what does that look like and what does that mean? And how do I help now? How do I help others kind of dive into that same space? The, the phrase I like to use is like, I, I, my goal is just to help facilitate growth in you. Right. Like I'm not a guru. I'm not a psychic. I'm not going to tell you anything about you. You don't tell me first. I can't magically be like, well, Will, you know what? I remember when you were for that guy, that's, that's, that's not how it works. Right. Yeah, but I, yeah. think I can hold space to give you the opportunity to look into the mirror metaphorically and, and really have a good reflection back on, on who you are. Right. And honestly, what you said is so interesting because you said you moved around so many different high schools, your parents were divorced. You had to live with your, your grandparents. And that definitely has to have an effect on your identity of like, you know, kind of going through those younger stages of life. Because I, I know like, like for the average person, like it's hard to find their identity just going to one high school and then trying to figure out what they want to do after that. So, I mean, how were like, what, at what age would you say you actually found your identity and how were you able to, to do that? I would say when I was 33. 33. <laughs> so, uh, and, and here's why. When I, when I say, uh, and and that's and that's even that's even probably being a little bit generous. I mean, I would even say today, maybe maybe today is the clearest picture of who I am I've ever had. Um, but I probably would have said that to you two years ago. I would have said if you had asked me this two years ago on that day, I would have said today is the. Um, you know, I think I think for me, 
but I think for all of us. Uh, it is, it is, it can be easy at times to either throw our hands in the air and say, I just don't know who I am. So I guess I'll just be whoever they need me to be. We call that the chameleon effect, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to put a stake in the ground to say, this is who I am and what I believe. I would rather have a general idea of what I think is good. And I would rather just go do those things and make sure people around me are happy. And I think most of us learn how to survive by doing that, right? We learn, we're, we become really good, there's a lot of chameleons out there and they're, we're really good at it. Right. I think where I would say if we had to identify a time or a time, yes, a span of time to go, where did I find my identity? It was probably around the time that I was willing, the word I use is conviction, when I was willing to say, hey, am I willing to become convicted about who I am? And, and, and I define conviction as a, as a stake in the ground, a deep-seated belief we're unwilling to waver from. When I decided that this is who I am, not because I want to be, because it truly is a representation of me. I would, when I, when I see myself in the mirror, not when I look out the window, right? Like, and I think that's a really trans, that's a metaphor, but I think it's a really transitional space for a lot of us. Most right. of us, all human beings are uh, spending the majority of our life looking out the window, wondering about what's out there, trying to figure out who we need to be so that we'll be liked out there. And we mm-hmm. assume that's a reflection of us. False. It's not true. Yeah. Right. Uh, what we don't do though, is we don't spend enough time in the mirror reflecting back what is actually true about us and doing that work so that we can then take that when we go outside in the window. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's so powerful. I mean, I love what you said about the whole chameleon thing as well, because that's so true. How many people try to blend in by just conforming to what other people are doing and not actually following through with like what they actually want to do, how they actually want to act. I think that's one of the worst crimes that can happen because then you never actually get to live the life that you really want to because you're trying to live someone else's life. And so that's right. Yeah, I mean, the, phrase, so- yeah the, phrase, the phrase, the phrase we use is, you know, I, I ask people all the time, I think the majority of us where our fear, doubt, obstacle, insecurity comes from is because we are living a story that somebody else wrote for us. Right. And, you know, especially in the digital era, I feel like the 21st century is making it harder for younger kids, especially with Instagram. They see all these models, these influencers out there, and they want to be exactly like those people. And then they spend their life trying to do that. And it makes them even more depressed on the inside because that's not who they are. And they're trying to conform yeah. to that, but that's not who they are on the inside. So, I mean, how can younger people kind of find their identity, especially with like social media and everything telling them to do this or do that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's so much, we'll, we're going to go, we'll go to the end of the question then we'll come back to the beginning of the question. So I think one is, I think we have to ask ourselves the question, what, what are we hoping to use social media for as a human, as an individual? I'm not, I'm not talking about in culture. I don't, I don't care what, you know, what a gener any, any generation says about any platform. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, you know, you will, what, what do you hope you're able to use social media for? Right? Right. Before we even talk about what we're gonna say, why do you why do we have it? Is it is it is it what percentage is it just consumption? What percentage is it consumption of entertainment? What percentage is it consumption of and then and then when we get to that per, that consumption percentage, what do we do what what are we actually consuming? So let's say the average person consume they are on social and eighty percent of it is for consumption, twenty percent of it is for putting something out there. Okay. So in that 80% of consumption, what are you consuming? Right. Are you consuming things that you wish you had? Are you consuming people that you're envious of, but low key, you want to be their friend? Are you, are you, are you consuming things that, um, 
are aspirational, even though it may not be what you desire, you think it's what people think you're supposed to want. So you follow them anyway, because I guess maybe I'm supposed to have a Ferrari. Are we following people, right? What, what are we consuming? Right, right, right. The flip side of that is on the 20% left that you're going to put out there, uh, are you putting just putting back what you already saw because you think if someone, if that person has 500,000 followers and they put a lot of inspirational quotes in cars that are not theirs, maybe if I do the same thing, then, then people will like me too. So, so then we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta think about what's the 80% we're consuming. And then we gotta think about what's the 20% we're willing to put back out there. And is that 20% actually representative of us? Or is it representative of the stuff we've been consuming and we hope people are going to like us? Now we're back to the chameleon, right? Yeah. Now, what the means, what that means is then you got to know for even if it's just that 20%, you got to know what do you want to say? What you, not what do you want to represent? I'm saying, what do you want to say? What is a thing from your soul that you want to put on social? Yeah. Right. Like it's, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a, it's a pun and it's, it's, that's what's it. I'm, I'm old enough. That I get to do dad jokes. So <laughs> like, I, I, the, the phrase that comes to mind a lot when I think about it for me is like, uh, if we could just re if we could just, uh, change the spelling, like, what if you thought about it as soul, sure. So media, hmm. right. Not social, but social. Right. Right. What is it doing to your soul? <laughs> and what are you consuming? And then what are you willing to communicate? And then what are you putting out there? And do you deeply believe in it? And is it, and I'm not trying to make uh, TikTok something that it's not, okay? It's funny. Like I'm not, it's, uh, it's fine. But even in that, is it funny because I'm sad that I can't do that thing the way that person did and don't look that way? And I, and I, and I don't have the right look to, so that I can, uh, you know, put on a scary face and then jump and then put on a beautiful face and everyone will love me for it. And does that mean they don't love me for my first face and they only love me for my second face? And right. is that, what is that, what is that doing to our soul? And so it's there, it's not going away. I don't care how, whether you're 15 or whether you're 65 and you hate or love social media, it don't matter. It ain't going anywhere. <laughs> That's very what true. We are, what we are willing to say, this is my stake in the ground. This is what I'm going to say. And this is what I believe. And, and I, I, you know, I think the question for most of us is, in your life, are you looking for depth or are you looking for width? Right. And I don't think either one's bad. I'm not knocking either one. I just want you to answer. I just want to know if you could deeply impact the lives of 15 people forever. Would you? Or would you rather just have 500,000 that liked it, but you never knew and it didn't matter? I don't know. I can't, I, and I'm not, I'm not saying one is good or bad. I can't answer that. But I think we have to be able to answer that for ourselves the way that we're going to consume media and the way that we're going to share media. Yeah. And, you know, the whole thing about consumption media too, like you said, um, like you don't want to be following someone that has 500,000 followers. and It's actually like a fake guru who just shows those fancy cars and stuff like that. But I mean, at the same time, I also do believe in the power of manifestation. And so I kind of feel like, you know, if you do want that and you do keep on seeing that in your social media feed, like, like at some point, like I feel like it's got to register in your brain, like, okay, that's, that's, that's what I actually want. And then like, how can I actually get there? So I kind of do believe in like, if you just have that reoccurring thought, then, you know, hopefully one day it will happen for you. But I, I feel like it's a fine line though too. Yeah. And I think, and I think there's a, but what I, what I heard you, what I heard you imply that you didn't say that you have the ability to recognize that I think most people don't. Like you're following that and you want to think about it every day because you're putting forth actions that follow your thoughts to lead you to that place. 
right? Right. Like, like I think I think that's the that's the counterpart or the partner for manifestation. Is we go, God, I want that. I want to on the universe, right? I'm saying that's going to happen. But to think about it and say it, and then to have zero action follow it, right? That's called that's called fake guru. That's not called manifestation. Yeah, that's right. True. Like there has to be actions put forward. And again, I'm and I'm saying that as as watching, kind of stepping back, doing a little bit of internet digging. Like you're doing that. You're you as a human are putting forth the action to follow through with the things you believe in what you want. But I would say that's more closely re- related to conviction than it is manifestation. It's more closely related to a deep belief you have about who you are and what you want and how you're going to consistently walk towards that. That's because you have a deep belief about you. Right. All right. Okay. So I kind of want to um, switch directions here. I got another question. Okay. So, so like you said before, you know, some people kind of want to do everything for themselves and then other people kind of want to do everything for other people. And it's kind of hard to find that happy medium where like you got to choose decisions for yourself and choose decisions for other people to make them happy. So how can people kind of find that happy medium? So it's, you know, it's, it's the both the best worlds in that situation. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a, I mean, one, I think it's a really great question. I think the, the kind of that, the, the going, okay, how do I choose me or how do I choose them or how do I, you know, what, which, which one am I going to do? Uh, so I think instead of, uh, so for one, I want to start, I want to take out the word uh, balance because I think balance isn't real. So okay. I think that's a, that's a lie. So I'm going to throw that word, I'm going to throw that word away. Uh, but I want to replace it with the word tension. And so I think when it comes to serving others and when it comes to serving ourselves, when it comes to caring for others and caring for ourselves, when it comes to, I think, I think we're, we are accustomed to looking at it like this. And if you can't, uh, those of you that can't see me, I have my hands equal, like a, like a scale, right? We look at going, well, I want to do that for me, but they really want that. And if that, but if I choose this for me and then I really, and you see how one decision always has an effect on the other one, whether it does or not, we've convinced ourselves it does, right? We go, oh, well, I think I want to take care of myself. Oh, man, I'm a terrible friend. Well, I guess I should care for my friends, right? And this, we feel like the scale is always tipping. Okay, so what if we, that's balance? It's a lie. What if we got rid of that? And what if we use the word tension, like a rubber band? Okay. And on either side was my ability to care for me and my ability to care for others, okay? And so what happens is, is when you give tension to one side, that doesn't mean this one moves. You're just you're just propelling tension here. I'm I'm caring for me for a day. Oh, guess what? That person needs something. And you know what happens when you release the tension off this side? Is it propels this one this direction. Right? And there's going to be periods of time where we have high high tension to one end. Let's say we have we care for someone, uh, we have friends or we spend 3 or 4 days and we're devoted and what does this person need and what do we do and it creates high tension on one end. Well, inevitably that tension is going to be released. And when that tension is released, ideally that propels us in the direction of go, hey, what do I need? I need a day off. I need a rest. I need to, I need to go to the lake. I need to do whatever that is. And so one is not always taking away from the other one. I think one actually gives us the ability to propel the other one. Where we get stuck, though, is we just choose one and we go as far as we can. And inevitably what happens is, is it becomes so tight that if we let go of it, we're afraid of what's going to happen. Or the tension becomes too tight and it breaks. And then now we're kind of stuck over a no man's land by ourselves, and we don't know how to get back and it feels too far away. Right. Right. I mean, that's, that's a really interesting so, concept. To, to me, it's less. Yeah. And I think the same thing is like with work life, 
like work-life balance. That's a lie. They lied to you. It's not real. Just because have this, have you ever heard any? Yeah, have you ever heard anybody say, "Man, I need more work life. I just need a better work life balance." Because right now I'm just lifing too much. Yeah. No, no yeah. one's ever said that. Yeah. <laughs> they say I need work life balance because I'm working too much. Right. Right. right, right. Okay. So, uh, so, th so they don't want work life balance. They want to work less and life more. That's really what they're saying. Which again, really what I hear them saying is I want to stop jeopardizing what I value most life out of fear and pride because I feel like I need to work so people will like me. Right. That's a totally different conversation. That is. Yeah. It's definitely a different conversation. And a lot of people don't even like their jobs in the end anyway. So I mean, but, um, so I'm, I'm kind of like curious now. So what made you want to jump into this? whole identity coach like feel so why would you want to become an identity coach in your life yeah you know i think that as i look at my as i look as i look at my life i look at what i value i look at my strengths i look at kind of where what we a language we use around here called identifiers it's kind of a thirty thousand foot view of who we are you know like as i look at that for myself and i look at that language for myself i think for me i go okay if i could give my effort and energy to something where does where where are kind of my passions my skill set and my my values where do all those things align and I think for me, I've found over my life, um, I, I have the ability to get people to feel very comfortable really fast. I think I give people the opportunity to allow themselves to be seen and also dive deep really fast. And so I think as I've looked at that over the course of my life and every job I've ever had, no matter what it was, people trusted me quickly. They dove deep really quickly and they wanted to get to like the meat and the root of what was happening really quickly. Even if that wasn't what I was asking, that's what we did. Like it just happens. And so I think as I look at that and go, okay, if that is a skill set I have, right? Like if I have the ability to get people to feel comfortable, then uh, what, what do I do with that? Do I, now I spent a large portion of my life in, the, in my early years uh, for my own devices. I, I use that to get whatever I wanted, which is a really, really, really crappy thing. Uh, I think the awareness of that to go, am I doing this because it's self-fulfilling or am I doing this because it has the ability to create impact somebody in some someplace else? And so, you know, and if that's my skill set, if I have the language to go, hey, you know, what do I value? Vulnerability, experience, fearlessness, generosity, intimacy. I look at my strengths and go, what am I great at? I'm good at building connections and communicating and kind of taking the lead and seeing what's coming and driving people forward. And I look at like, what do, what do I do? Identifiers, I think I'm a challenger and an influencer and a truth teller. Okay, so how do I take that language and put that into practice in a career? How do I put that into practice in my role? How do I put that into practice in my, how do I take those 13 words? We call that an identity map. Right. As a part of it, that's something we do is we do identity mapping. So it's my identity map. How do I use that? I think I hold space for people and help and tell them I want to help facilitate growth. I want I want I want you to be able to find and understand the confidence and conviction you need to build a life you believe in. I don't I'm not telling you to build a life I want to believe in you. I'm saying I need for you to build a life you believe in. I'm not telling you right or wrong, good or bad. I want to hold space. We define space as creating a momentary pause to assess what is true. I just want to hold space so that Will can tell me, what do you want? What do you believe in? I don't get, put the phone down, put your email down, put your website down, put the podcast down. I don't care. I'm not asking that. I'm saying, what do you want? Right. Decide what that is. Deeply believe in that. Don't jeopardize that, especially not for a quick patent of praise from somebody else. Like that's, that's great, great. I think, I think many of us, we, we, we give up our purpose for a patent of praise. We would rather have an instant gratification moment for someone to say, good job, even though we don't care about it, than to deeply fall in love with who we are. 
that is that's extremely powerful too. And I think that kind of goes along with the whole college situation too. For some kids that go to college for the patent praise from the parents, even though yep. they have that entrepreneurial spirit inside of them and they want to do their own thing. And you know, one of the things that I really love about this podcast when I interview people is that they're entrepreneurs and they make money from doing what they love in their life. They're not exactly going to college to get a degree and just falling through with that degree. Yeah. And so I think one of the challenges that many people face is that they don't know how to monetize what their passion is. Yeah. And you know, that's something that you've done in your life. So I mean, how would you how would you go about explaining that? Like how can someone monetize one of their passions? Yeah. So I think so I think you gotta one, we gotta come to passion and go, okay, if you want to monetize a passion, you gotta determine is your passion um, a product, is your passion a service? Is your passion the ability to get people who have products and services in the right people's hands? Like really understanding what that is. So like I think I'm in a I'm in one category where like I am the product. Like my passion is the product. My ability to talk to you is the product. Like you are buying me. So that is different than if I was uh, uh, if I was uh, really smart, had created a tech product that I wanted to take to market that I thought would be really beneficial. That is a totally different type of passion than 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 me. We're, those are two different kinds of categories, right? Like mine is service based, meaning I'm the service. There's probably another category of service based, which is like you come up with an app um, where it's like Uber for cats. Uh, and you take cats around and rides and that, right. That does, that's a service, but it's a different kind of service, right? It's not like, it's not that you drive cats so well that will has to be the only cat driver, right? That's, that's not, it's different service, but a different kind of service. And then right. there's products, just the ability to monetize a passion, which would be, I like bikes. And so I found a way to flip bikes or flip sneakers or whatever it is. That's a different product. That's a different means. All of those can be passions, but we can't lump all those in the same category. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because selling, uh, flipping sneakers, uh, the dude, I mean, uh, you could do it right now, right? Like the sneaker Don started when he was 13 and that was eight years ago and had no, it was no, it, that didn't require any, uh, experience in his life other than he liked sneakers and he found a way to do it really quickly. Right. True. Okay. So then there's like another category. If you're like the, the cat Uber, like there's a part of that that's going to require some back end and some development and some, and so it's, that's, a, it's going to take a lot more time to create that kind of thing out of a passion in order to monetize it because it's a different kind of service. Right. Uh, if somebody uh, who's listening, who's 19 and they want to be an identity coach, uh, unless they're going to help 12 uh, year olds figure out their identity, like most 19 year olds are not going to be able to monetize their passion about being an identity coach at 19 because the person who's going to hire them, who's 29 or 32 is not going to hire a 19 year old to help them with their identity when someone who's 10 years younger than them because that just requires a level of experience, right? Like someone wants to, there, there are people who don't hire me because they say I'm too young and naive because I'm 37. They're like, what do you know about life identity? You're 37, your kids are small, you haven't experienced anything yet. Okay, right. like I, I can't, I can't, I can, I just gotta be like, all right, sounds good, well, see you in 10 years, yeah, <laughs> like I don't know. So I think I say all that because I think that's really valuable, especially for those of you that are listening. They're like, ah, I'm in college, I don't know if I want to, but I have this idea or I have this desire and I wanna monetize my passion. Well, I think I'd identify what your passion is and what category does it fall in. And do you, is it, is it a passion that you can monetize at 19? If the answer is yes, roll with it, bro. Go, let's go. Right. But if it's something that's going to require experience, then it pro probably is, I'm not saying college is the answer. All I'm saying is probably not a good idea to monetize your personal skill. If your skill is something that requires a level of experience, if your skill is innate and you learned it and you're great at it, Hey, I'm not downplaying you for being 19. I'm saying go, go slay it. Let's go. Yeah. 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 It's actually a funny story. One time, um, it's like 23 year old actually hired me to help him find out his passion. So that, I thought that was pretty cool. So I was like 18. He was like 23. He hired me to do that. So 
I was kind of happy. And again, and again, something like that is going great. If that's something you love and you're great at asking questions and you're great at getting people to open up and you're great at, I'm, I like you, I was doing that. At, I was doing that at 19 too. That's how I, I, that's how I survived, right? Like I survived by getting you to be able to see you in a way that put me in a position where I think you have the advantage over me is I didn't know that I was doing that to defend myself. I thought I was doing it to be nice. And if you have the ability to understand that your, your innate passion to help people see that is not because you're trying to protect yourself so no one sees you, you're doing that because you care for them, game changer. You're 20 years ahead of you. Right. Okay, so, so let's just jump to conclusion that you want to be some kind of coach and you're, you're the main business. And um, one of the main things to be successful, obviously, you have to build credibility, you have to build a, a great brand. So how would, how would someone go about doing that? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, well, I'm still trying to figure it out. So, um, but I would say uh, one is um, there's a there's a podcast. I'm going to relate it to speaking for a second. We'll come back to coaching. But um, there's a podcast called The Speaker Lab, and I early on, probably five years ago, I used to listen to it a bunch. Um, but they said over and over and over, he ends every podcast by saying, if you want to speak, speak. It don't matter where it is. It don't matter if it's at the, at the nursing home, uh, if it's at the public library, uh, if it's in your front yard, if it's, uh, if you want to speak, speak. That's the only way you're going to, one, hone in your craft, two, get better at speaking, three, let people know that you're a speaker. Because I can, I can build a Squarespace website in two hours and tell anybody I do anything and sell anything. Like build it, building, building the exterior shell of a brand is easy. The internet has made it very easy, right? Yeah, right. Go to, go to the, go to the library, uh, use your free uh, Adobe Suite uh, membership that you get with school and knock it out, right? Yeah. So like, building the shell of the brand is not difficult. Right. Putting in the time and effort to build the meat of the brand, the, the the actual the actual heart, the guts, if you will, of what that is, what the craft is. If you want to be a coach, start coaching. You want to coach people? Find a friend or two and say, "Hey, this is something I really love. I'm interested to know if you would guy if you guys would spend. Uh, we we want to get together once a week for 45 minutes for eight weeks. Um, all you got to do is show up. I'll take care of everything." Um, and the goal is when we end is this, want to know if you're interested, $0, just go start, do it once, do it once and change one person's life. And you'll have five clients the next month who are willing to pay you. And then they all pay you a hundred bucks. And now you got 500 bucks going and they do it. And you got five people. And out of those five people, three people had a really huge impact. Guess what? Those three people are going to go find you five more each. And that's 15 people. And so if you, if you want to get going, you want to start, uh, let let go of the sexy idea that I got to have the right Instagram, the right following, the right brand so people believe me. People are not going to believe you until you get in a room with them and you start talking. I know a lot of people have sexy brands and somebody hires them and they go, they go to one Zoom call and they, they ask for their money back. So they go, this is not it. You are not who you say you are. Yeah. yeah and the flip so side of that is some people go like, I don't know, I'm apprehensive. And they get in one call and they're like, I got to tell all my friends I need it. Right, right. I need everybody here. And so you want to coach, coach, you want to speak, speak, you want to help, help. You want to stop at, stop looking for money the first time, because if it's, especially if it's one of the first times you've done it, you, no one's going to, you don't need to be paid. You need to practice. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's so true what you said about 
you know, building the bulk of the brand is going to take time. It's like compound interest, basically. Like over time, it's going to build up, but you first just got to start small. And um, yeah, it kind of brings me to another yeah, point. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I'm you know, like five and a half years into this. The pandemic obviously has sh totally shifted my business, and we we actually started doing coaching and group coaching, individual coaching in the middle of the pandemic because we didn't we weren't having revenue come from the other places because there's no events, there's no speaking, there's no not paid anyway. Everybody, everybody wants you to come speak for their free virtual event where they give you an email address. It's like I don't want your email address. You don't even like me. I want you to write me a check. Uh, and so, yeah. <laughs> but I think but I think in that you know I would even say like now in the last couple of weeks you know we've gotten two or three leads a week for like like not good, like good hot lead. Hey, we have, an, we have an event coming up. Can you speak? Hey, we have a team thing. Can you do a team event for us? And all of those come, uh, all of the, the last eight leads I've gotten have all come, not through my website, from an email or a text message from a person who I have worked with them or their company in the last five years. They have moved companies during the pandemic and they now want me to come and work with their new company because of the experience they had sometime in the last five years. Wow. And like that didn't, now that didn't happen three years ago. That three years ago, I was just just LinkedIn, just anybody. Call, hey, who you know? You start a business, I can help. You know, like that's not. So I say that as like I'm five and a half years in to this business, fifteen years into kind of doing this as a part of my life, and it's just now, you know, in the last few months, like where I get to go. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to freak out because no one's filling out my contact form on my website. They're not filling out my contact form because they're just sending me a text message because I've already talked to them at some point, or they know someone and said, "Hey, just shoot him a text." That right. that's the kind that's the kind of referral and the kind of lead I want to get. Right. I mean, you just, you got to go through the slow years at first, and um, I feel like a lot of people nowadays they want the quick cash just by starting their new thing. Like they want to be a coach, they'll like listen to some fake guru on social media, like, "Hey, buy my two thousand dollar course, and I'll make you make you a hundred thousand dollars in a month." Like that's that's not how it happens. But never, man. it's never how. If anybody tells you that, they lied to you. It is not true. Yeah. That's not how it happens. Right. Like you I mean, you want to do. You want to do some work? You don't need to buy. Any, you don't need to do anything. Uh, shoot me a text message. Uh, you can sign up for our. Uh, we send a text message every day, Monday through Friday. It's called the Daily Rock. By 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 you getting that text message, you get thirty days on our online platform. It has four courses around identity, clarity, and conviction, all free. Just do it. I don't. I, you don't have to enter credit card information. I'm not going to get anything from you. When it ends, you're not going to get fifty-eight emails that says like you have one more day. Are you sure you don't know? I don't. I, I don't want that. You want to. You want to take a course and you want it to be impactful. And you want to really put in the work for yourself text me you'll get an automated message don't tell you how to sign up you got 30 free days to do as much self-work as you can possibly handle right yeah awesome all right so before we come to the end of the episode here i mean how can people reach out to you like what's your text number so they can text you if they want to yeah, do yeah. that with instagram yeah so you can shoot me a text that the number is four six nine six four nine eight four one again that's four six nine six four nine eight four four one you can shoot me a text there uh and just shoot me a text that says i heard you on will and that way i know where you came from just so i, I know how you got here uh you'll get an automated message from me and on there there'll be a little form for you to fill out just so i can legally send you a text message without being a creep uh, and, then, and then you'll get an automated message that says hey here's a link to sign up uh for your 30-day uh free access to our online uh platform uh you can hit me up on instagram it's just at rocky garza facebook is slash rocky garza linkedin is slash rocky garza there's not a lot of me out there so uh I'm, i should be pretty easy for you to find uh yeah and if you're interested and you want to to get together to chat um, we've got identity mapping we got uh, coaching um in a month of october we're starting the next um um 
women's group. And then in uh, November, we'll start another men's group. We do coaching groups, um, six people max gender specific, and we're together for four months, uh, and it, which includes a full identity mapping session as a group. So any of those ways, reach out, never hesitate. Uh, love to help you answer any questions or serve you any way that I can. Awesome. All right, guys, there you have it. Rocky Garza, thank you so much for joining me today. Appreciate it. This episode was sponsored by Ruben Alvarez from In For The Kill podcast. Check out his YouTube channel for product reviews, mindset videos, and interviews. No way that we go is a one-way street. Nothing that we love is a one-day key. And if we gon' do it, we gon' do this now. And if we say we gon'